Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Sam's Report. It is late March. Uh, it is cold outside. Actually, it's snowing at this point. I've already golfed this year in February. It was in the 60s in February. I don't like this cold weather. I'm supposed to be doing, you know, outside activities, walking my dog every night. But here we are. It's cold. Whatever. We got surface news to talk about. We got lots of good stuff that's on the horizon. Uh, before we talk about the horizon, let's talk about things that are sunsetting on the horizon here for just a second. If you're running Windows Vista, and I know not a lot of you are because why would you? Windows 7 is so much better than Vista. Windows 10 is so much better than Vista. Uh, next month, it comes to an end. No more supports. I know you're devastated by that news. Tears will be had. Uh, but anyways, speaking of other things that are coming to the end, the Redstone 2 development is... It might actually be done already. I haven't gotten the official word yet that things have been signed off, but Microsoft uh, pushed out a couple builds this week, and this is always what they do. They push out a couple builds and say which one's the best, and then they pick it, and then they give that big Herbie Hancock, if you get that reference, it's a good movie, that Herbie Hancock, and they sign off on it, and uh, that becomes the RTM build. Although Microsoft, if you say... RTM, Microsoft will tell you, no, we don't do RTM anymore. Um, yes, you do, because you do actually ship a version of this of Windows 2 manufacturing, so you still technically do do RTM, but they don't like to call it that anymore. They just, whatever. Uh, that should be happening. It might already have happened. Uh, if not, it it's probably might be happening today. There's a potential it could go into next week. I'm not holding my breath for that, but they are in the final stages here. Um, so sometime definitely, hopefully this week, maybe early next week, but it's going to be happening anytime soon. I've, I've heard that from multiple people. Uh, shouldn't it be too surprising, right? The last five or six builds of the creator's update, they haven't had anything new. They're just bug fixes and things we're not getting. We already know the people bar is not coming. Uh, Groove Music Maker is yet again still absent. Um, there's some other things that haven't shown up, such as the updated Action Center was supposed to get some, you know, light massaging and better icons and all that stuff. And it's not there. It's not there. What are you doing, Microsoft? Like, that's straight UI stuff. They must have been really crunched or something. Um, I know they're doing some UI work for Redstone 3. Maybe they're pushing it to that. But that's not really a good habit to get into. Like, ah, we're just going to massage this stuff around after they all showed it all off in October. And yes, and yep, 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 yep. Uh, Surface stuff. I know the Surface 2 Studios is in the title, and so people, it's kind of a double entendre, whatever you want to call it. So Microsoft, um, I hinted at this last week. Microsoft sent me a Surface Studio. It's right there. I've been using it for, well, a week. I got it uh, Friday afternoon, and it's a wonderful thing. So it, it's not perfect. My review will go up next week. And so here's the thing. Um, it has the most gorgeous display of anything ever, 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 ever. Uh, it is absolutely wonderful. If, you, if you're like, you know what, this dis my display is kind of crappy. I want the best thing on the market. That's the one. That, that's, the, that's the display right there. What kind of sucks about the studio is it's not VR ready. It has a really crappy hard drive. Uh, it's not, this is uh, one of those things that looks stupidly pretty. I mean, it is crazy pretty. Like this is, what this machine is for is if you're an IT admin or whatever and your CEO wants a new computer and he's got that bright corner office and he's not gonna be doing a lot of intensive stuff, um, but he wants something that looks nice, get him that any day of the week, get him that in a minute. If, if you have people who are like front facing, like 
front office secretary admin that type of stuff and you want them to be like wow when people walk in get them that machine because it looks fantastic uh it'll be perfectly fine for those people and uh like it's really good at that but it's not a workhorse machine it's if you need something to draw on it's great i'm gonna let my kid play with it here in a little bit uh it's really good for that stuff but again don't buy this machine to game on don't buy this machine because you're gonna be doing uh if you're gonna be doing a lot of photo editing it, this is one of those odd things if you buy this thing you're gonna need to swap out the hard drive because it's this one is actually 32 gigs of ram uh but it has 64 gigs of solid state then it goes back to the old terabyte or platter stuff and you can you can hear it slow down like you can hear that you know that noise that mechanical hard drives make that little like whirl like whirling noise when they spin up and occasionally hearing that clicking sound of it reading it's just like microsoft this thing was this the rtm granted i did not buy this thing this is a review unit i would not spend uh 4500 bucks on this uh, because that's a very nice vacation in my household. Forty five hundred bucks would go very long towards a, another nice vacation. Um, for forty five hundred bucks, it's like ah, oh, really? Like you couldn't go all solid state? Like if that thing had a solid state drive in it fully through, I would be much more willing to say, hey, you know what? There's a couple more scenarios for this. Uh, it's a nice, but again, it is a nice looking machine, and yeah. Uh, I'll have more on that. You can actually see the one, the power cord. That's whatever. Um, easy, easy to set up. It great. It feels great. Um, it's it's wonderful. I'm just a little disappointed that how the performance isn't as good as. It. I mean, it looks it looks really pretty. Um, it's. <laughs> I will piss someone off for saying this. This is like the uh, V6 Mustang that you can buy from Ford, right? I, I honestly think Mustangs look nice, right? And the V6 isn't bad. Uh, it's got some good get up to it, but. A V8 Mustang is freaking amazing, right? And this is what the, this is a V6 Mustang is what this is. That's the that's the analogy we're running with it. And so, uh, okay, so more fun stuff on the world of Surface. So Digi Times has come out yet again and said uh, Surface Two is coming, Surface Book Two and Surface Pro Five is coming uh, either in March or April. If you've been watching this show for a while, I've been saying, hey guys, April's when it's going to happen. I've been hearing April for a very long time, at least since January, I want to say. Um, so we're right in that window of when I think things are going to start happening. Uh, one of the, the head of industrial design of Surface uh, last week tweeted and said, almost done. Um, Panos actually set, linked out to his Instagram account today. And if you look closely at it, there's actually a very recent photo of him, like in the past like day or so, sitting in front of like studio lights, clearly making a video likely related to the Surface Book 2. Um, like... We'll get to this at the end, but I'll tell you now. Reader tip, don't buy a Surface right now. I, well, I mean, unless you're buying one of those and you already know the caveats. Uh, don't buy a Surface. One, they're, Surface Book 2, Surface Pro 5, right around the corner. We'll get more about it in a second. Two, once those things come out, the older versions typically get a price cut. So why would, like, don't buy these things now. This would be the dumbest thing you could do. Unless you just have money that you want to just throw around. Um, in that case, throw me the money. Um, and I'll buy a couple of these and maybe like we'll break one office style on, on live TV or something. But uh, so what DigiTimes is saying here is that if you they're saying and this is an interesting thing. So they're saying that Microsoft is getting rid of that little gap, right? They're getting rid of this and they're going to make it more of like a typical uh, ultra book style thing. They're also going to be lowering the price point. This is this is interesting to me for a couple of reasons. One, 
I know I'm probably in the minority, but I like this thing. I, it, and I, I know it's not functional, that gap. That gap is not functional. It's not giving it airflow when it's closed or anything like that. But it makes it unique, right? It, and if you're buying, I don't know, it makes the, it very much makes the service book easy to spot, very easy to stand out. But anyways, DigiTypes is saying, hey, they're getting rid of that hinge. I haven't heard either way about giving getting rid of the hinge. Um, I've just been really been hearing about timelines for release. But supposedly by getting rid of that hinge, they're also going to be getting rid of the tablet portion, which again, I'm, uh, I have mixed feelings about, but they're also going to be lowering the price point. Supposedly the entry price is going to be about a thousand bucks. We will see about that. Um, the, the, I have mixed feelings about a lot of this. Let me explain why, because at a thousand bucks, uh, that's basically, well, my Surface Pro 4 is back there, is basically the same price as a Surface Pro 4, because you got the Surface Pro 4 that started, I think, at $899, plus you chunk in another 120 ish bucks for a type cover, and you're right in the ballpark of $1,000. And so why, so they're, they're going to have two devices that are basically the same price point? Um, I don't know, or unless they're really just trying to get volume at this point. So if they get rid of that hinge, what I do think that they will do is much like where's the Dell? Let me grab the Dell. Because Microsoft made a big deal about the Surface Book lid detaching, and hey, this is your know, multi-function thing. I honestly think that if they go to a clamshell, they will probably do something like this Dell that folds all the way back. So you have that complete reverse hinge, and you go like this. So uh, that would be my thought if they're going to do that. It still seems odd. Uh, I personally, I hope they don't because I know some people say, Hey, I never detach the, the clipboard as Microsoft calls it. I honestly do at least probably about once a week. I'll just pop this thing off, especially when I'm upstairs watching TV, uh, pointing upstairs as if you know that that's upstairs. Uh, when I'm upstairs watching TV and just kind of like casually sitting on the couch, especially when I'm watching golf, I love to watch golf. I, I will, I will pull the clipboard off and it's just kind of, it's just kind of fun. I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I, I get, I get, I don't know. It seems odd that they would remove one of the iconic features of this thing. I can see them getting rid of the gap, but keeping the clipboard portion. So uh, we'll see how close DigiTimes is on this. I think they're right on their timeline for release, but I don't know. Uh, Service Pro 5, I don't think we're going to see too much different. And I don't know why, because I think they've really nailed that form factor. It's just going to be kind of more of an iterative update. Um, nothing going to be too crazy there, because why would they? That was exceptionally, it sold exceptionally well. We, we know that from multiple different angles that the Surface Pro 4 sold really well in that form factor, in that style, and at that price point. So they're not going to change too much up. Why would they? It would make no sense at all. And so I think the bigger changes are going to come in the Surface Book. We will see. The only other thing I, I've heard, and I have absolutely no idea if this is going to be true or not. I've heard that they're they're toying with uh, changing the color a little bit. So again, this was in the, like to take this with a grain of salt. This is right, nice light gray. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if we ever see a darker gray material or darker gray magnesium come out. That. That would not surprise me. I don't know if it's going to be this one. I know that they have toyed with it. I know uh, for a fact that they have played around with that style. Uh, even the older older surfaces had uh, prototypes. Actually, one of them was black, but I don't think they're going to go black. But I've seen them toy around with different colors of that magnesium. 
And so it wouldn't surprise me if the Surface Book 2, maybe Surface Pro 5 are a little bit darker shade, maybe a little bit more, I don't know, refined, I guess might be the way to say it. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, it's right around the corner. Just be watching Microsoft really, really, really close here. I know that some Microsofties were in New York last week. Uh, potentially, I don't think they'd be scoping out a, a location at this point. I think they'd have to have that lockdown signed and all that good stuff. But um Keep an eye out for that. I'm honestly in ideal time, and I don't take this with a grain of, you know, as fact, but I, I would, I'm thinking maybe like the second week of April, maybe the first, I, I don't think it's, there's no way it's happening next week. Microsoft usually sends press invites out at least a week. Uh, the Surface Studio invites went out roughly, I think it was roughly three weeks, I want to say, maybe two weeks. Because um, I remember I was able to get really cheap flights because they gave extra time. So keep that in mind. Uh, and if you put the whole picture together, I know I've said this before, but like creators updates coming to a close this week. They'll probably finish everything up next week. Um, then maybe the following week is when they do it because then they can announce, hey, the creators updates available to everybody. Here's Surface Book 2. Here's Surface Pro 5. Here's some uh, head mounted displays that are available. Maybe we'll hear more about the Harman Kardon uh, Cortana type. Uh, speaker thing. I'm really getting anxious about that thing because it hasn't shown up either. Which, speaking of that for a minute, I'm getting frustrated that we're not hearing much about it. Mostly because it's going to be it's going to be a big issue if this thing launches, and then there's no third-party connections for it. Right? Uh, we have Amazon who has tons of third-party interactions. Google Home's getting there. Um, but again, Microsoft is is late with this device. Now I don't know who's late. Is it Microsoft? Is it Harman Kardon? Uh, I don't know, but that's that's my big fear is that we're gonna have another Windows Phone moment where this thing launches and then nobody's building plugins for it. So, anyways, um, I digress. We go on about that. Speaking of Google Home, by the way, uh, they accidentally, you know, accidentally is what they're saying. Uh, the videos are all over the web for this. That if you asked it about your day, it would tell you your whole day and then injected a Beauty and the Beast advertisement at the end. Google actually went there and put an audio advertisement in its Google Home, which to me is absolutely ridiculous. They say it was an accident and it's not going to happen again, but Google's an advertising company. That That's pretty shady in my opinion because you paid 129 bucks for this thing and now it's injecting advertisement directly into your product. Uh, people are already a little dicey about buying Google stuff that's physically living in your home. Like I have a Nest. It's like, am I ever going to see ads on that? I hope not. But anyways... Uh, they did that, yeah, real awkward. Um, anyways, uh, other things that happened this week, Microsoft launched Teams, uh, 50,000 plus organizations using this. I've not really heard anything bad about it, which is, uh, you know, hats off to Microsoft. I give them a lot of crap for pushing out bad updates and doing stuff all the time, uh, but nobody has complained that Teams is undercooked. I mean, it's not, it's no longer technically beta. It is doing it's a very robust application. Microsoft gets deserves credit for this, that they have done a good job of building out teams, building out something that is not buggy or half-baked, um, and it's ready. It's Office 365, and people seem to be enjoying it. Uh, Google is also now competing here. Amazon, I suspect, will get into this arena very soon. They just announced Chime. And so then there's Slack. Slack is going to be in a tough position because that's really all that they offer at this point. Um, what I think would be interesting is if Amazon bought Slack and Dropbox, if they really open the checkbook, because then they would get all right, a Teams competitor, then they would get Dropbox, uh, and Dropbox also has a word processor, I believe it's called Paper, and that's how Amazon could, could begin to craft its Office 365 and G Suite competitor. I really like Amazon because I think it's, in, I think it's interesting what, what it will do. 
Um, as point, Todd points out, Todd uh, Clint says Teams has no external users. That's the biggest weakness right now. So yes, that is a big flaw with Teams is that you can't bring in third parties. Microsoft has said in June uh, that is when that feature will arrive. So it's not that they're ignoring it, and it's not that it's not possible, but it will be here in June. That is a, a very good point. It's not it's not perfect, but um, they're getting there. So they are getting there. Uh, other things that are going on, Kantar, Kantar, K-A-N-T-A-R, has pretty much said what we've all known all along. And if you're a big Windows Phone fan, cover your ears for a second. They said, hey, we're in a two mobile platform race. iOS and Android have one. And Black BlackBerry, uh, WebOS, uh, and Windows Phone, uh, and Symbian have all failed to compete. And they will not be able to come back. And that's, that's the way it is. iOS and Android are going to own this market share. And someone's going to write me i know it's going to happen to say but surface phone will say this look the surface phone's out guys it's called the hp elite x3 that's what microsoft's vision initially was so uh until they the only way that they're going to release an actual surface phone is when windows on arm is then actually released so that's going to be coming in the fall and people are there was a report out of some random german site that says it's going to come in 2018 or 2019 that just means they don't really know and they haven't started building it uh they might have a prototype or something that's been sitting around but they're not actively developing it uh to the full extent at this time is my understanding so there we go uh Gosh, what else is going on this week? Microsoft's doing some interesting things. Actually, this is a much broader application than I think a lot of people realize. Uh, Microsoft is piloting in-game chat transcription for Xbox One and Windows 10. So what this is, is imagine if you are hard of hearing or have visual impairments and you're playing Xbox and you want to see what other people are saying, uh, it's going to do in-game chat transcription. I actually think that's really neat for just everybody because there's a lot of times where sometimes I, I can't be talking or whatever, but I still want to hear what other people are saying. And it'd be nice to have that actual chat transcript. Not to mention, if people are being jerks, it makes reporting those people a lot easier. I'd imagine that there's a little bit of overhead for Microsoft, so I don't, I don't know if they'd turn it on by default, but there it is. It's uh, coming. Uh, a post that I wrote this week, and I'll, I'll dive into it here just a little bit, hit the high points. So over the past three years, I've been building out like an IoT house. It's not really intentional, but I got Nest Thermostat. I got Nest uh, Protects in here. I've got Philips Hue Lighting in here. Uh, you can't see it right over here is an Amazon Echo. Um, I have about 10 of these iHome plugs. And so I've been building out like an IoT house. And so here's, here's what you need to know if you're going to go down this route and you haven't started yet. The first thing you need to do is pick out what is going to be your control point. Is it going to be an Echo? Is it going to be a Google Home? Is it going to be iOS? Is it going to be Android? You need to figure that out and then go buy your products. Do not buy products and then figure out what your control point is going to be because they're not all interactive. Uh, they don't all talk to each other yet. Yes, some of the bigger ones do, but not everything does. And it can get real annoying and frustrating. So the first thing you got to do is centralize around what device is going to be the control point. And then go out and buy the stuff that you know will work with that and you'll have a much better experience. Um, otherwise it's really cool. Uh, I mean, you can just, you can do stuff with your voice and it works and my wife likes it. My kid likes it. I have Sonos speakers that work through all this stuff. Um, but again, if you take one thing away, start with the control point and then add devices. Otherwise you'll end up like I did where I had a bunch of devices that didn't all talk and I had to return a bunch of things. Um, I'd also honestly stay away from Hue lights. So Hue lights are fine. Um, they're a good product. The problem is, is that you're locked into those light bulbs if you want to keep using it. What I've done, uh, I only have Hue lights in my office, but in the rest of my house, I just bought these iHome plugs. 
and then it controls the whole lamp so you can use any light bulb that you want it works with any platform these little iHome plugs don't have a stupid hub uh, if you buy Philips Hue thing you have to buy you have to get this hub and the hub connects directly to your router um, it's not wireless and it has to be wired in and it's you know it's about this big it's just annoying that you have to have this thing personally for me and so I try to buy things that don't require hubs and if you just get the outlets the little things they work great so that is what is going on I'm really waiting for this creators update to just pop someone's I could keep prodding people saying hey is it signed off yet not that it really makes a difference if you're running uh they released a build yesterday that's probably pretty close to the creators update you're not I mean that that's really it so uh as John is pointing out one of the things that is missing and I think I don't know if he's referring specifically to this one of the problems with the echo as being my central point is one it doesn't do user accounts amazon and google doesn't do this either like my wife and i have very distinctive voices it could very much easily say determine who whose calendar it should pull up like when i say hey how's my day uh it should know because i have a masculine voice depending on who you ask i have a masculine voice i guess uh it should pull up my calendar if my wife asks it should do that same with asking for directions or work related things like it, my wife asks it every morning and says, Hey, how's the traffic? And at echo, I'm specifically not triggering it. Cause it'll be very loud and annoying if I do it over here. Um, but it should know like who's we talking because even though I work out of my house, I take my daughter to daycare and I can drive on a highway if it's empty, but if it's not, then I take the back roads. So that's one of the big downfalls. Um, if you live by yourself, it's not a big deal, but you just know that multi-user accounts is not set up, which is a really, a big weakness at this point so we're going to dive into the questions here got just a handful of them today but there's some of them are really really good actually um uh technology at temperance asks he says do you think project scorpio will be power enough powerful enough to support oculus vr uh natural sy synergy there uh with the controller and blah 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 so yes uh i do so there was a document that went around last year that i i think i was the first to report on it i did it on the podcast that said Microsoft was actually looking to potentially partner with Oculus to make it work. If Oculus does not work, I can almost guarantee that the head-mounted displays that are coming from Dell and all these third-party guys will work. I don't know specifically if they will do full Oculus Rift support, but I believe it will be powerful enough to at least do Windows holographic, and I, I can almost guarantee that's going to happen. I've heard from several people that it is. I haven't seen anything to give me any reason why that would not work. Plus, that's going to be their VR play, right? Um, it would make, considering I think all you need uh, is just a USB connection. I don't know if you need an actual video. I know it's USB 3 and power, and that's really it. So they're not going to be doing anything too crazy. But, uh, yeah. So it's going to support head-mounted displays. Will it support Oculus and Vive? That's a different question, but it might. I, mean, I believe it is powerful enough specifically for that application. Uh, Luke asks, he says, is it possible to see a new touchscreen WordFlow keyboard of Windows 10 with this rumored Seashell architecture? Seeing as the rumors around Seashell say that it'll be have an adaptive UI, having a touch keyboard. So, okay, this is a really annoying part of Windows 10. So Microsoft has the WordFlow keyboard. They bought uh, Swift out of the UK. And when you, when you use the keyboard, especially because all I use the studio with right now is for touch, uh, it's like you have, it's stupid. Like the WordFlow keyboard is not there. The Swift keyboard is not there. You can't even plug these things in. I don't know what Microsoft is doing. This seems like a very simple application that you should be able to do, especially because WordFlow is on Windows phones. So it's not like it's a far venture to get it onto the desktop. 
Um, I am hoping that they introduce third-party keyboards because being able to, you know, just the peck and type, uh, you can do the pen input where you can write the name, but for websites, it's terrible. So, uh, yeah, I don't know why. I, I thought that this was coming with actually the initial release of Windows 10, and here we are, what, this will be the third major update? And we're still not seeing it. I don't know if Seashell specifically is going to be related to the keyboards. I do agree that it is an adaptive UI, and I understand where, where that's coming from. But it, why why it's not the keyboard thing is, uh, yeah. Um, this is one of those baffling things where Microsoft is like almost there, but then they don't make it all the way. I don't know. I wish I could tell you more. Mostly because that group that does that keyboard, it, it spans across a different couple of different orgs, which maybe is the reason why we're not seeing it. I don't know. Uh, Greg Alto asks, says, do you ever think we'll see, see an Xbox mobile? Uh, no, I don't. Um, a couple of reasons why. Uh, Microsoft is very apprehensive about building new hardware. This is why we don't have the Band 3. This is why we don't see new uh, phones. Um, mobile gaming is dominated by mobile phones, which Microsoft was not able to penetrate at all. And so they're not going to come out with a new mobile device and say, hey, let's build out another mobile thing after we lost several billion dollars on Nokia and Lumias and all that. We're not, we're not going to do that. Um, to the Switch, it kind of has the right approach. I think Nintendo did take the right approach where it's just one device for home play or on the road. Although I wish that dock that Switch for the Switch actually upscaled the graphics or did anything other than just blow it up on a larger screen. Um, two, I think that their mobile Xbox Play really is the Xbox app. If they can bring that stuff into it, not to mention, you remember, you can do in you can do game streaming. And so I could see them going down that route. I don't see them actually building out dedicated hardware that is going to be doing an Xbox mobile. I believe uh, the Surface Mini. Remember the Surface Mini from many years ago? I think that was actually originally going to be an Xbox-branded thing, and then it didn't really work. And so then they were going to build it under the Surface brand, and then that didn't really work, and so they killed it. So they've toyed around with this idea before, but they're not going to... It's not going to happen, unfortunately. Uh, the Joe... And finally, the Joe Fan, he says, What is Microsoft doing with their built-in app strategy? Do you know how these, these teams are organized? Are they internally keeping them under-featured uh, to not compete with Office 365? So this is a very good question, mostly because the it's been in a... a an anemic rate of updates for things like the mail app. Um, like if you open, well, I don't want to open mail cause it'll pop up behind me and there's some things in there that are secrets. Uh, there's a lot of things you can't do in mail. For, like when it comes to sorting or just searching, um, like you can't search by attachment. Like it, it, I don't understand why they're keeping these things so gimped. I, you're either using the mail app or you're going all in on the office suite and you're using proper Outlook. I don't, I don't really think that Microsoft would build up the Outlook, uh, the mail app in Windows 10 so much that people be like, eh, I'm not going to use Outlook. Um, does that really matter either? Like are people, I don't, is anyone out there really paying for Office 365 just to use the Outlook mail app? I would be, I don't, I don't believe that statement is true. People are buying it because of the suite of applications that you get. Uh, and a lot of other things that are going in there. I don't think people buy Office 365 for the email app specifically. So how are they organized? I believe they're all in the Windows org from as far as I know. Now, why the, what I don't understand is why the update rate is so slow. I'm guessing that these are passive projects that get features as needed, uh, but there's nobody fully dedicated to building them out 24 hours a day, uh, unfortunately. 
Huh, so that's I don't I don't know. It, it's a really good question because the mail app I use the mail app. That's my primary mail app. Um, even though I have Office 365, I could use Outlook, but I like using Microsoft's own, you know, dog fooding it or whatever you want to call it. So, uh, and, and as John points out, what I've wondered for a long time, and he, he says, why don't they make the web app the client? That's a very good question. Or why don't they take the Outlook app on iOS, run it through their app converter and make that the client too? Like they have these better mail experiences on the web, on iOS and Android, and they're not they're not using their own freaking bridge that they built to port these things, and it seems like it would make life easier. I don't, maybe they're worried about UWP, which UWP is in a world of hurt on its own. Um, I don't know. Microsoft has all this stuff and they don't use it. It's like guys, do you need let's let's like kumbaya, you know? Let's let's sit around the campfire and think about how we can make this stuff better. Uh, Slavish, I, th I think that's how you pronounce it. Asking the chat room says, do you know when Microsoft will release the latest update for? Uh, the latest updates for inbox apps. Wait, sorry, what? Do you know when Microsoft released all the latest updates for the inbox apps to the fast ring? Uh, no, I mean, it should be... Typically, these things are in different schedules. So the nice thing is, is these apps are not tied to the OS. Uh, but at the same time, they can push out the updates at any point. They will do a large update when they release the creators update that will kind of tie everything together. But no, I don't know... Ex uh, specifically somebody else asked too when is the creators update coming to the xbox i believe it should be right around the same time as the desktop i don't know that for a fact but they are testing that stuff so it should be relatively close in timelines oh gosh that's been 30 minutes already 30 minutes uh i, I hinted on this earlier but the, the tip of the week is don't buy anything surface i think you'd be absolutely nuts to at this point and i almost feel bad for people who are walking in the store and spending thousands of dollars um, on a Surface Book or Surface Pro 4 only to be bamboozled when the new stuff comes out and it's better and that's price is going to drop. Although I would imagine that Microsoft would be kind enough to say, hey, look, you know what, you can come return it and exchange it or we'll give you a price cut. That's typically, that's typically what um, they do these days. So that's kind of been Microsoft's week in a nutshell. There's, I think next week's going to be very, very interesting. A lot of stuff coming out. Um, and I'm really wait I, every day. Microsoft typically, I'm going to bite my tongue here. Microsoft typically doesn't send out like invites to, um, into, to events on a Friday, but you know what? Stranger things have happened in the world of Microsoft. So, uh, I'm going to shut it down here, guys. As always, thanks for the people who are tuning in early and I will catch you right next week. Have yourselves a wonderful St. Patrick's day. You know, we're going to celebrate here and let's keep the party rocking. Catch you guys next time.